0: Amen, amen. Come on, can you give the Lord some praise? Awesome. Well, it is totally cool to have you here tonight. Whether you're joining in person or you're joining us online, we want to welcome you. Thanks for coming and be a part of what we got going on tonight. As I was spending time worshiping down there, the verse in Jeremiah 29 came to my heart, and I felt like it was just something for someone in here. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but, I, but I'm wondering if there's someone in here where you feel like you've maybe been in a desert, or you've been wandering, and maybe maybe you feel, though you may be at your physical house, you kind of feel like you've been away from home. Um, and in Jeremiah 29, it says this, um, It says, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. And if that's for you, whether you're in person or you're online joining us, if that's for you, I just want you to grab hold of that. That's the word of God, and we know that that's true. God spoke that over Israel, and I believe he's speaking it over some people tonight. And I just want to pray for you if that's you. So if everyone would, you bow your heads and uh, close your eyes. Father, I just pray just such a sweet homecoming. For those that have felt abandoned and in a desert, maybe lost, Lord, I pray those words over them, that you have a you have a, a plan for them, and it's for an amazing future, and you want them to have hope. So I just thank you for your word and your truth and the fact that you're moving. And everybody said, amen, amen, come on. Well, I'm going to, in a second, I'm going to invite a few people to come hang out with me up here. We did something last week. We started... Basically, it was just a conversation on community. We looked at what it meant to live inside community and how the Bible encourages us to have people around us. You know, the only thing that that when when Adam was made, that God uh, when the world was made, I should say that God didn't say it was good is the fact that Adam was alone. And yeah, that has to do with marriage, but that also just has to do with living inside of a life giving community. God designed us when he knit us together to live inside community. And we talked last week about how when we live uh, inside community, we can be built up and encouraged and challenged and we can have support and all that. And and just the importance of living inside community. And tonight we're going to continue. So I'm going to go ahead. I've got a few people that are going to join me up on this stage. And we're going to continue having a conversation on community and what it looks like to live inside of a healthy community. God giving, God breathing community. So can you guys give them a hand as they come up with me? All right. Well at the end of at the end of last week we gave uh an opportunity for questions and I, I know I got one through through text message, but I'm not sure uh exactly how <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm not quite techie or something, but anyways, um, we've got just a, a good conversation we're going to have today, kind of kicking off where we where we ended last week, but just if you weren't here last week, you're not out of the loop. We're just talking about how God wants us to uh, sharpen each other. That's a good way to, to say it. Proverbs 27, 17, if you want to look at it biblically, God wants us to, to, to sharpen each other, and today uh, I'm going to kick off with a question That that kind of relates to community, and this is out of something I've experienced personally lately, uh, and kind of relates to an important aspect of community, so I don't know who I'm going to ask this question to, but someone on this panel, real quick, now I know because I looked over and looked at them, but I'm just going to kick it off, so we go with this? Let's go ahead. Let's introduce ourselves, kind of starting on the end so everybody knows, and then coming back this way, uh, introduce ourselves, so...
1: Good evening, everyone. My name is Sydney. Um I've been going here with my family since I was, man, a little girl, I guess. Um, I've been on staff here for about two and a half years.
2: I'm Pastor Daniel. Uh, I also have been here since uh, always. Uh, <laughs> or my always. Uh, some of you guys are older than me. It wasn't your always, but it's been my always. Um, so I have grown up here. I've been on staff for quite some time.
3: And I am Pastor Bernie. I've been here since dinosaurs roamed the earth.
0: <laughs> my name's Tim, and I might be considered a dinosaur at times. No, I'm joking. Uh, my name's Tim. I'm one of the pastors on staff as well, and I've been here for over 20 years now and on staff for, I think, six... You started when you were 13? Something, something like that. I've been
3: here over 20 years
0: I'm, like, you, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm not that young, but I'll take it. Uh, anyways, uh, we're excited about this. So this is, we're just going to get it going, and we're going to have a conversation in front of you uh, and with you, and it's just going to be an awesome time. So I'm going to start with Sydney, way over there, as far away as you can get from me. So my question for you is, if God has called us to live inside of community, uh, I, I like the thought of community can be messy at times. Even if it's a great, God-given, God-breathing, encouraging community, there can still be conflict and hurt inside of it. So my question for you is, as we live inside community, we're living for the Lord, and there the people with us are living for the Lord, but something, some kind of conflict arises, how should we handle that? What should we how should we uh, walk through the feelings that happen inside of our heart when that happens? And then are there any actions that we should take outwardly in those moments?
1: Yeah. So I would definitely say the first thing that you want to do is bring it to God. That's, that's generally the first thing you want to do in every situation, but for sure in times of conflict, I mean, you really want his insight and his perspective into what's going on in the other person's heart, in their life, maybe. Um, in different conflicts that I've been through, I've found the best thing to do is just bring it in prayer and see if God reveals anything that might help us navigate where we're going in this conflict. So I think think that's the first thing that I would do. But another important thing to consider is just your communication. Maybe the conflict came out of unmet expectations or something like that, and you just haven't been able to communicate those things. So, that's another uh, big area that you can focus on as you're going through a lot of conflict.
0: Yeah, I think of just the natural aspect of just pausing for a moment. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when something happens right away, my flesh wants to react to the things that are, whether it's like, hey, I'm, in, you know, driving down the highway, and something happens, Right away, I'm like, let's go, you know, wear the gloves, let's do, you know, let's, let's fight about this. But just pausing, that's good. Daniel, I feel like you may, did you have something to kind of add on to that?
2: <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> bringing it to God is, is an amazing first step. I think Mark chapter 11, he says, if you have anyth- if anything against anyone to forgive them, uh, like that's a huge, huge thing. Otherwise, whatever the issue is today, it's going to drag on to tomorrow. But Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 18. He says, if your brother sins against you.
0: Um, yeah, that's happened.
2: <clears throat> yes. So if you have a brother, you know this happens. Um, if you don't have a brother, this applies to brothers, sisters, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and people that you wish weren't your neighbors and co-workers. Okay. He says, if they sin against you, go and tell them their fault between you and him alone. And this is the part where everyone's like, go tell them their fault. Gotcha. But the alone is what tends to hang us up. Where there's a tendency to want to rally support for your side of things. But when we do that, we spread the circle of offense. And it's one of the things that destroys community is when we go through rallying, well, I'm really upset at Tim for some reason, so I go and tell you that I'm really upset with Tim and how awful Tim is because of what Tim did. And then now we're upset at Tim. And I, I've talked to you, and my wife even used to say this. She'd be like, are we still mad at them? <laughs> and you get this like this spreading. But what so often happens is we spread this and this great frustration, and then Tim and I have a conversation. I'm like, I am so frustrated at you because you, you know, I waved at you, I yelled at you, and you like stuck your nose up in the air and didn't pay attention. He's like, when? And you're like, oh, it was it was Sunday night. This, and he's like, oh, I just got a text that was this. I was all oh, like, I was so deep in thought, and you're like, oh, oh, that's dumb. And now I forgive them, and I'm over it, and she's still offended. Yeah, yeah. And if we do that, if, if we go to, the, go to others first, we spread the circle of offense, and we begin to destroy community. He goes, you go to them first. And if they don't listen, it doesn't say go and put it in the newspaper, post it on Facebook, and air your complaint. He goes through and says, well, then go and find one or two others and part of that, I think, is so that one or two others can slap you. Because sometimes you're like, they're crazy. And then your friend will look at you and go, or you're crazy. Like, maybe they're, they weren't trying to upset you. and You can be like, but, but, no, but he says, go get these one or two, then have a conversation with them. Having a conversation to bring resolution, not to bring gossip or just accusations. And then he goes, all right, if, if that still doesn't want to work and everyone's like, okay, this one, then you can go with some leadership. But I think that's just huge of recognizing that we want to bring resolution. We want to bring re- reconciliation and not spread the circle of offense.
0: So good. You know, well, what I think about when you say that is there's a characteristic that's involved in this story, a characteristic of the person's heart that was maybe offended, where it's like you're not trying to just go to the person to beat them up. No, you genuinely love that person so much that you want to be in a healthy relationship with them because we don't want to have strife with anyone. And to the, uh, to the best of our ability, live at peace with those around you. As much as it is possible, live at peace with those that are around you, and that's what we're, that's, that's really what we're called to do, and then, uh, on top of that, when I hear this story, and it's, it's such a beautiful example of someone that loves someone so much that they're not willing to let go of it, like, they're, they're, they're gonna chase after it, and it's to, to help the other person as, as, as much as it is to help you. I think, I can't remember, um, it might have been Brady Boyd who said, we tend to judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. You know, we look at other people and we're like, how dare you do that? And then we do something very similar, but we're like, but I intended something to do something else. You know, it's like this idea of when we're living in community, it's real. Offense is going to happen, but, but be willing to get uncomfortable to chase after healing in that situation.
3: One way to uh, approach this is to look at when you don't just take offense and then begin telling everyone else about your offense, but rather take the Matthew 18 approach. When you do that, what you're doing is you're valuing the relationship and you're valuing others above yourself. See, because anybody can be offended and post all about it online. That's simple. Millions of people do that right now. But it takes... But it takes um, forethought and maturity to say, wow, um, I really value this relationship, so unless I wanna just trash this relationship, I better make this right. And so that's, that's the motive behind if your brother offends you, go to him. Don't go in a spirit of, hey, you hurt me. Go rather like, hey, I really value um, this relationship I value it so much that the other day when something happened, this really hurt me or it made me feel like this and just wondered if we could talk about that. Now, how different that way to approach somebody is rather than to say, man, what is your deal, man? You hurt me. You know, you're not going to get anywhere with that approach. You know, all it's going to be is a fight, you know. But if you come humbly, you know, it says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Yes. You know, so take that approach and value the relationship, and then you can have the courage to confront because you're not confronting to defend yourself. You're confronting to defend the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the most important thing is the the relationship.
0: Yeah, and and the Bible says that the way that... People will know that we're Jesus' disciples, is how we love one another. You know, it's it's easy to love people that are doing loving things. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy if someone's if someone's acting in a loving way to love them back. It's challenging to love somebody that's Not acting in a loving way, whether that's they intended to do it or maybe it was an unintentional thing. But it's just being willing. It goes back to this. It's what was Jesus willing to do? Jesus was willing to go to the cross, the ultimate show of love for people, for us, while we were yet sinners. In the middle of our junk, Jesus said, I'm going to love you. And then he says to us, okay, go and do the same. You know, love those that are around us. Love those that we're in community with. Uh, and I think that's where the sharpening happens. Sharpening is, usually happens when two things rub roughly against each other. <laughs> Not smooth, you know. Okay, so, um, so Pastor Daniel, let's say we're just living life, um, but we feel like we need to dive into, we need to find... Uh, godly community and we need to get connected in a deeper way but we've been trying or we don't know how what are some practical things that we can maybe do that will help us find godly community that's a great question
2: Uh, number one don't wait in your basement for community to find you Um, And I I say that, and it's kind of funny, but I can't tell you how many people I have talked to who go, I need community. And you're like, great, where have you looked for it? And they're like, I've been waiting for it. And it it probably won't hunt you down unless you're an extrovert, in which case you think that every person you see is hunting you down for community. (laughs) You're like, pizza man, delivery man, hey, let's be friends. But... uh, for the, for the rest of us, we, we, we get to go and, and look and go, right, hey, I want to be intentional. I want to find people that are going the same direction as me. So church is a great spot to find godly community. Yeah. Um, the, the place you fish determines what fish you catch. So if you find all of your friends at the bar, don't be surprised um, if... Alcohol and drinking is their number one priority. If you want to find people whose priority um, is the Word, find some at church. If, um, if you're looking and you're like, hey, I'm having trouble connecting. I'm here at church. You can text RESLIFE to 94000. Um, when you do, it's going to shoot you back a text message with a few options. Send back a four, and it will list a list of different ways for you to get connected. They'll say, here's how to get connected through the men's ministry around some tables. Here's how to get connected around the women's ministry. Here's how to get connected serving. Here's how to to get connected with the young adults. Here's how to get connected. Uh, And it'll go through different options to help you find community. But you have to take an active role in finding community because so often people go, I want it. Where is it? And we have to the proverb says that he who wants friends must show himself to be friendly yeah, right.
3: yeah. and community requires like any other living thing it requires inhale exhale what's that it's two parts okay that's inhale exhale everything is two parts in God and there's an inflow and an outflow there's a there's a rhythm and in community when when Some people say they want community. What they really mean is they want somebody around that they can um, get all their needs met by. That's not community. That's welfare. Okay? That's not community. Community is when you actually have a relationship with a breathing in and a breathing out. You receive, but you give. And you help each other. And, you know, it says in Galatians chapter 6, it says... Fulfill, if I can get my phone open, there it is. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ when we bear one another's burdens. And and that involves, in in inhale and exhale, that involves a relationship, a two-way street. So if you want to have friends, what do you got to do? Show yourself friendly. If you want to be part of community, start being part of a community. I mean, part of it is just finding a place to, to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know one particular person, he was at a college campus, and um, he was inspired and stood up on a table in the cafeteria and started preaching the gospel, and some people got saved. And afterwards, he had his two best friends who he hadn't ever met before, but they both came up to him and said, I don't know what your name is, but we're going to hang out. <laughs> So suddenly he had a community, and those guys are now still best friends, and that's four years later. But he had to do something, you know. and, and it was good for everybody. So it's about not just receiving, it's about finding a place to, to, uh, to give and to be a part of where you can help others. Somebody's always got it one step worse than you, and you can help them.
2: It's so good. It's true. When, when, you, when you take your eyes off of give me, give me, give me, and you go, hey, how can I serve somebody? It's amazing. Proverbs says uh, everyone is a friend to one who gives gifts. When you go, hey, I'm going to serve, yeah. everybody wants to be your friend. And community is everywhere for that person who wants to, to encourage and wants to serve others.
0: Um, when, you were, when you were saying about the, the inhale and the exhale, the first thing I thought about was uh, a lake. And if a lake has a river going into it, and then a river going out of it, there's health. But there's one place on earth that has only a river going in, and you would think that it would be full of life. And that may be true for a second, right? Right. If if we live our life always taking and we get into a community and we're taking from that community, there's going to be a period of time where it feels good. But just like the Dead Sea, who's got a river going into it and nothing going out, eventually what builds up is toxin. It gets toxic. It becomes a toxic environment because there's so much going into it and never anything going out of it that everything that flows into the Dead Sea, all the river with all the, the nutrients and the stuff that would be good, eventually it gets such a high level because water evaporation that there's actually no life. And that's why we call it the Dead Sea. And I think that's the same thing. Same thing, same thing with, with our relationships where we've got, to, we've got to, to find a community where we can receive, but we can also give. It can't be a selfish thing. It's got to be an intentional an intention. There's got to be intentionality in that. And I think one thing to know is, with all, with all community, I think there has to be like a general understanding of boundaries, like how we're going to handle ourselves, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Uh, so, Sydney, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you this question. And I'm going to give you a second to think about it while I continue to talk. But the question is going to be, how do we establish? healthy boundaries that keep us safe and the people around us safe. Because if, 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 the, if, it's, if it's not healthy and there's not healthy boundaries, then eventually it becomes some place where hurt happens, right? And we've talked about hurt a little bit, but we want to we set ourselves up for success. So now I'm going to flip it back to you. What, how do we go about setting up healthy boundaries? Maybe what does that look like? And, and maybe how have you, have you seen that in your life?
1: Sure. So I think Jesus actually modeled this beautifully in the Gospels. He had his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John. Then he had the next nine disciples, and then he had the 72, and he had the multitude. So he he didn't have the same level of intimacy with all those groups, right? He was the closest to those three, and then they knew where those boundaries were for those different levels of intimacy, those different levels of friendship. So um, Something I hear Pastor Bernie say a lot, actually, if I can quote you back to yourself, okay. is <laughs> um, don't build your boat in a hurricane. You've got to build your boat. You've got to know where those boundaries are and establish them before you come into conflict. That's a, that's a huge part in a lot of different areas of life, but establishing boundaries. Know what they are. Know what those ex- expectations are before you get into conflict. You're going to avoid a lot of conflict that way.
0: So, Daniel, I'm going to flip the question to you because you mentioned something that was, that was, that was awesome in relationship to boundaries. He said, uh, bringing this back, he said, you catch the, I don't remember your exact verbiage, but how I say it is you catch the fish from the pond you're fishing in, you know, essentially. So, where you find your, so, so my question to you, Pastor Daniel, is how does which, where, how does where you find your community change what you set up as boundaries or how you communicate boundaries inside of that does that make sense
2: boundaries are important no matter where they come from uh, i think one of the the misomers one of the myths about boundaries is that boundaries are needed for crazy people and sometimes we think well as long as my friends are relatively normal i don't need to set these up and that's a myth healthy people need boundaries one of the things that boundaries is or should be is priority. Priorities create boundaries because not everything that's not a priority is bad, but if you put the wrong amount of focus somewhere, things get out of balance. And that becomes a a huge part. I mean, I know I love my parents. A lot of you know my parents. Um, But when I went to get married... I had to set up boundaries for my parents. My parents are great. We're getting married, and Dad's like, yeah, you're still going to mow my yard? And I just laughed. I said, no, no, I'm not. That would be like my mother-in-law asking my wife to come over to do dishes every day. That would not be appropriate. That would be <laughs> violating <laughs> boundaries. And he just looks at me, he goes, hmm, Why am I not I'll pay you. I'm like,
0: <laughs> Amen. All right, we can,
2: we can work with this. We can, like, we can work this out. Yeah. We got a boundary here. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll respect that. Will you, can I pay you? I'm like, Wife, can you pay me? Yes, all right, we're good.
1: <laughs>
2: but, but boundaries are important, even with healthy people, that we set up priorities. And even people who have your best interests at heart, who are incredibly wise, <clears throat> will violate your boundaries if you don't set them. Because I don't even necessarily know where else you're committed. And if your family hasn't had any time with you, I don't know that you went out the last three nights helping somebody else out. I may ask you for something and be violating what you should have for a boundary for your family because I don't know everything that's happening in your life. And so you have to set up, you know, your priorities in order to set up your boundaries. And then people's level of understanding may be different depending on where they're coming from. Healthier people tend to have a healthier respect for boundaries. Um, and some of what comes up will vary depending on what pool they're from. Yeah. My conversation with my friends and the boundaries are going to look one way, while conversations with work are going to look a different. Yeah. At work, I may have to set up boundaries and go, hey, either it's X number of hours per week, or on a regular basis it needs to stay below X hours per week, yeah. um, or these are the days that are set aside, or this is... There are different boundaries that may have to be set up depending on what areas we're relating. But healthy lives require boundaries.
3: And to all of you who give, 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 and I'm looking at you, lady back there, I see you, who give, 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 and you give all the time, you need to set boundaries. Because otherwise, people will drain you dry. Yeah. And that's why how one of the ways that you live healthy in a community is while you're giving. We talked about those, those that only want to take, and then there's those, those that give too much. And over time, if you give too much consistently, you will, you'll become hollowed out, and, nobody, and that's not good for anybody. So there always needs to be a time where you say, you know, I need, I need to take a break, and you need to have a break every once in a while have a little break and uh, not give all the time and let somebody bless you once in a while too, allow that to happen. And I know for some people, my late mother-in-law, she had a, such a hard time receiving anything from anybody because she was such a giver, 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 giver. It Wasn't until she couldn't do it anymore then she would receive. But, um, but I would say to everyone, as you give, 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 make sure you take a break and you set a boundary so you're not going 24 seven Um, consistently.
2: Yeah, Jesus served, he ministered, and then if you read through the Gospels, you'll see regularly that he withdrew and spent time in prayer. Um, One of the things that we have to remember, if you're starting to run, if, if you're constantly giving, is where you need to get filled up. If you just take time to not give for a moment and watch a show, you're probably not going to be refilled. But when you take time and you connect with the Father and you let God pour into you, then you can recharge. But recognizing, hey, I do need to recharge because if you constantly pour out without inflow, um, if everything's pouring in and you're not pouring out, you turn toxic into the Dead Sea. If you're pouring out and never being poured into, you dry out.
3: Here's what I would say in addition to complement what was just said. There are people that when you're with them, you can feel the life meter going up, right, from empty up to, is that right for you? Anyway, you, it, fills your, it fills your tank. There are people that fill your tank, and there are people that drain your tank, right? So while you're giving, 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 and mostly sometimes to the people that drain your tank, you just need to make sure you have somebody or somebody's or maybe it's Stephen Furtick. I don't know. Somebody that you can go to, and maybe it's something as simple as doing a project together with someone that you enjoy their company, and it brings life to you, causes your life meter to go up. Um, I, um, yeah, I won't tell you a story, because we don't have time. So I'll let you go,
0: Tim. So I think, I think what I would say f- uh, for those here and, and online, I think the, the word to some this this up is there has to be balance. There has to be balance in our lives. We have to make sure that we're filling ourselves, and then we're filling others as well. That's what Jesus modeled, and that's what, that's what we need to do as well. We need to make sure that in our community, we do that. We have those that are filling us, and then those that we're pouring into. Um, Pastor Dan, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question based on something you said you did, and I think it's huge for us. Uh, you mentioned just after you got married, when you were talking with your, with your dad about the conversation, he asked you, um, can I pay you? And you said that you turned to your wife. I don't know if that was actually, she was there, or if it was yep. a conversation through texting or whatever it was. But you were intentional about bringing your, your wife. So now, that, and, and my question for you is, how does marriage play into establishing boundaries? For those of us that are married? Uh,
2: Boundaries are often a matter of priority and making sure that priorities stay in the right place. A healthy marriage is your second priority. It should be God, and then it should be your marriage. And as such, I checked in with my next priority and said, hey, I want to make sure that I'm meeting all of her needs that, that, as a family. So it was a check-in there of going, hey. And she's going, yeah, by all means, we'll happily use the extra cash. Go and, yeah. go and mow.
0: I, I love what you said. And when you said it, I kind of took it a step farther. We have priorities in our life, right? As Christians... Uh, what it means to be a Christian is you say that Jesus is on the throne of your life. Uh, so general, expecta- general understanding here is when we say we're a Christian, it means Jesus is in control. We say Lord Jesus, it means King Jesus. When you had a question about checking to see if something violated a boundary that you had, you kind of go to this checklist. You go to the highest priority first, which is God, which is your bible right so when we're in community the first place that we go to check to see if something violates our boundaries is god after that spouse if you're married then kids if you have kids then it's the community it kind of goes back to what you were saying about you have these different positions and priorities and things set up in your life so as as christians we need to the first thing we need to do to govern our community is this. Yep. It's right here. There's a real thing of if we don't know what the Word of God says, how can we know if we're violating it or if, if a boundary that we have set up is, is being crossed? There's a, a little bit of weight there of like making sure that we're establishing our communities based on the first, the Bible. Second is our... our our spouse. So uh, an example of that is um, when I'm texting a a woman, I include my wife or Pastor Daniel or Pastor Bernie. I'll include someone in on that text when I'm texting uh, a woman, you know, and that's just something that I've set up as a boundary, and my wife will do the same thing. If she's texting a guy, she'll include it in. We just do that because that's like that's, that's something we've determined that we're going to do, being above reproach. And this is what we need to do. So, so Pastor Bernie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it over to you and see if you can maybe uh, bring a little bit of closure of what it means to have Jesus be the highest priority inside of, of our community, of our friendships, of our relationships. Um, and then you can kind of end with that.
3: Well, the bottom line is the Word of God is our—it's our metric. It's—it's it's the measuring stick for everything we have, and our relationship with God is the number one relationship that we have in our life. So it's our top priority. As the top priority, um, we check there. We go there. We—we we use God's Word as our filter of everything within. The community. So if we look and, and we have a conflict like we talked about earlier, we go to the Word of God, we go to Matthew 18 like Pastor Daniel talked about. We go to different parts of Scripture where it, it, it talks about us how to function in relationships. And then if there's boundaries that need to be, then we can go to the Word and we can see pretty clearly that Jesus had priorities, that he had boundaries. He did not reveal his heart to the Pharisees. He didn't reveal his heart to the multitude. He revealed his heart at differing levels with differing levels of relationship. So we have to not share our deepest, darkest secrets on Facebook, because that's, not your, that's too large of an audience. Rather, there should be a couple people that you can share with, and then a few more that you can share um, other things and differing levels of intimacy I personally would say that as you share with people, the level of intimacy increases if you're in person than what it does when you're online. I mean, um, online stuff needs to be, that's a whole other story. But um, as we look at the, the Bible, the word of God, that is the basis for everything we do. I mean, literally everything we do has that for the foundation in our community. And that's where we always have to go back to. There is, no other, there is no other book. I mean, there's no other guide. So, um.
0: When God, kind of going back to um, one of the things I said when, when we opened is God intended us to live inside community. And we need that community to be life-giving, to be encouraging, to be uh, some, a community where when we're on the top of the mountain, we can go and they can praise the Lord with us. And we're in, when we're in the lowest valley... We can go to them, and they can lift us up um, and pray for us. But I think it all starts with with one thing, and that's having Jesus Christ. Having Jesus Christ as the foundation, not only of our community, but first of our lives. First First thing we need to do is we need to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I never want to assume that everyone in here has made... That decision and has asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and their Savior. Romans 10 says that we have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, and, and we will be saved. So I'm, my question for you is, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Have you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth? Have you said, Jesus, I recognize that you died and rose again, and when you did that, you paid for my mistakes, so I choose to receive that. Have you done that? What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three in a second. If you would say today, whether you're online or you're here in person, if you'd say, I haven't done that, but today I want to, or you're far from God, maybe you've wandered away or whatever it is, and you just say, today I want to make that decision. When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand. If you're online, when when I say three, you could type it in the chat. Say, that's me, or you can raise your hand online if you're on our platform. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Can I have everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? This is between you and the Lord. I'm gonna count to three. And if you'd say that's me, when I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if that's you. Say that's me. That's me. Hands going up. Come on. Come on. Well, let's go ahead and let's do this. Let's pray and, and 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 do the confessing with our mouth. Can we do that? Because we've acknowledged in our hearts that we believe it. So let's confess it with our mouth. Everyone, uh, whether you're online or in here, say, Jesus, Jesus, today, today, I recognize, I recognize that you died. That you died. And three days later, three days you, later rose again, you rose again. And you paid for my mistakes. You paid for my mistakes, And I choose I confess, I confess that you're my, Lord. Yeah, you're my Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody In said. Jesus name. Amen. 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 Come on, Amen. can you guys give them a hand? Amen. Woo. Amen. Woo! Community, right? We're called to live inside of community. Everyone just pause for a second. Look around. Uh, This is community right here. These are brothers and sisters that we get to do life with that are right here with us today. My encouragement to you is don't walk out those doors, walk through the the parking lot, get in your car and take off and go home. Meet somebody today. Say hi. Simple as going up and, and just reaching out the hand and saying, hi, I'm Tim. Well, they, no, you shouldn't, they shouldn't say Tim. They should say their name. <laughs> I'm joking with you. Dad joke. I'm a dad. I can do that. But um, next week, we've got something special we're going to be doing uh, Wednesday night. You're not going to want to miss it. Sunday morning, we've got Pastor Dwayne continuing his series on tests and trials and temptations and deserts. You're not going to want to miss that. He's been rocking it, knocking it out of the park. Sunday night, Pastor Daniel's teaching on Sunday night. It's going to be an incredible message. Uh, Sunday night's also a great community night as we're talking about community. But I'm going to speak a blessing over you as we get going. And then, like I said, take a moment and get to know somebody. All right. Let me speak a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his favor and his peace. In Jesus name. Amen.